Cowboys have second and 18. Setting up a screen for Elliott with blocking. Huge play. Elliott into Steeler territory. Down the sideline. And in for the touchdown. No flags. This is BetQL Daily from BetQL. Well, Daily on the BetQL Network. Joe Giglio joined today and tomorrow by Cody Decker on the show. We got a lot to get to as we move forward here, including uh, a prop shopping segment. We look ahead to tonight, nickel or dime coming up. And of course, all of our lightning bets and our buddy Vic from BetQL coming up in the next hour. And you just heard the call there, Joe Buck, NFL Cowboys. It is all coming back. Cody, it's football time. Camps are opening. Next week, everyone will be in camp. The Cowboys, of course, are going to be on Hard Knocks this year, which I will uh, – I'm going to hate watch Hard Knocks. I don't love it the way I used to, but I'm going to watch it just to hate it and to hate the Cowboys. But I, uh, it, it will get me to tune in, the Cowboys on there. Yeah, I, I will too. Come on. They're the most intriguing story this offseason, so you got to want to watch it. Just like uh, last year, by the way, was a complete thing on Hard Knocks that swayed me the other way because I, didn't, I don't like – I'm, I'm a Raider fan, so I, I grew up hating the Chargers more than just about anyone in the world. And I never liked the Rams, but I walked out of that Hard Knocks show last year despising the overly pretentious Rams, and I loved these underdog Chargers. I, I just kind of dug them all of a sudden, and it took a full season of Hard Knocks for that to happen. Yeah, football is back, and joining the show right now is Odyssey NFL insider Michael Lombardi. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. Get access the data and insights of sportsbooks don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. You can also hear Michael on the GM Shuffle, his weekly podcast available on the Odyssey app. Mike, it's always uh, fun to talk, and it's always fun to talk about Cowboys hype, which we do every year. They're on hard knocks. They start camp today. Mike McCarthy's second season. Mike, what are you expecting out of McCarthy and the Cowboys year two? Well, you know, I think it's always challenging. Uh, I think the expectations when you're the coach of the Dallas Cowboys are really hard. And I think if you go back to the first time they appeared on Hard Knocks, Dave Campo was the coach. They were coming off a 5-11 and 11 season, and we witnessed Dave Campo's brilliance. And before the end of the year, Jerry Jones's private plane was at Teaneck, New Jersey, hiring Bill Parcells. That's how bad that went. And then the next time they were on Hard Knocks, they were coming off a 13-3 and season, mostly with Parcells as players. Wade Phillips was the head coach, and they bombed out to 9-7. and So managing expectations are challenging, and I think this is a hard job for Mike McCarthy. When you look at his team, he's got two tackles that missed all of last year, hurt the team badly, brings them both back. Can Tyrod Smith stay healthy? I think they signed Ty Nitschke from Buffalo to be the backup left tackle with the idea that he probably was going to be a starter at some point during the year because Smith can't stay healthy. And then their defense is really in question. When you watched Atlanta play defense last year, everybody in America knows they got better once Dan Quinn no longer was the defensive coordinator slash head coach. And when Raheem Morris took over, they improved their defense. If they're going to play the Pete Carroll style of defense in Dallas, it relies upon the defensive front dominating. And do you believe that Dallas has a dominating defensive front? And that's one of the things I don't. You know, because of that defensive front, that just kind of being a dodgy area. And now that that the Cowboys right now are, you know, favored to win that division. Do you think there's another team in that division that should be getting more looks, such as, say, a team with the top line defense like Washington football team? 
Well, I mean, Washington still has some really areas of concern. I mean, last year, let's be real honest. I mean, when they found, when they got into the playoffs, uh, the Eagles backed off. The Eagles backed off. Uh, you know, and so I think that's really, uh, you know, a concern. You know, and then they went and played a really good game. They went and played a really good game against, you know, the Tampa Bay Bucks and fell a little bit short with with uh, with Henke playing a quarterback. So. I think there's still some uncertain questions you've got to answer, especially in their offensive line. You know, Morgan Moses isn't going to be there this year. Where are they at the tackle position? Are they going to be good enough up front to really carry it? And do they have running game that can withstand it? Can they be able to do this on a consistent basis? And and I think there's a lot of doubt whether Ryan Fitzpatrick can protect the football well enough to think he can move forward. So, uh, you know, that to me is a concern. You know, Philly – I think they're in a rebuilding mold. If they can stay healthy, and that's a huge if, right? They've not been able to stay healthy. And when you look at the Cowboys, to me, the Cowboys are about, are they going to be any good on offense? I mean, last year, they've struggled offensively. You know, they, Daniel Jones has never had a 300-day game passing under Jason Garrett as his head coach. Jason Garrett struggled. They were horrible in most every aspects last year. Now, they had a lot of injuries. But still, when they were able, they couldn't move the ball. I mean, the opening game, Saquon Barkley had 16 carries for six yards. I mean, that's hard to accomplish, you know, as an offensive coach. Usually you can find a way to get a player some yards. So I think it's really not a great division. I think it's wide open. And I think whoever stays the healthiest will win it. Mike, what do you make? You mentioned the Eagles there, if they can stay healthy, kind of in a rebuild. A lot of questions about Jalen Hurts, what he's going to be. Carson Wentz, we know, is, is now off to Indianapolis. I see potential in Hurts. I see potential in the Eagles if they're healthy on both those lines because those lines are very good. Maybe the top combination of lines in in the division, offense, defensive line. What did you make of Jalen Hurts when you watched him last year? We know the kid's a leader. Good story coming out of college and transferred to Oklahoma. And now we see if he could translate to the NFL level. He did run for a lot of yards, and the passing was up and down. What do you make of Jalen Hurts heading into his first year you know, as a starter in Philadelphia? Well, I mean, look, last year, Carson Wentz's quarterback rating was 72.5. We have a perception that Jalen Hurts' quarterback rating was significantly better than that. It was just 77. It was just slightly better. Now, what Hurts did a much better job was throw the ball down the field. He made more plays down the field. His yards per attempt was significantly better than what Carson Wentz did. And why was that? Because he didn't get hit as much. I mean, Wentz was truly the boxer that took too many punches. And he was reacting to hits that didn't even were coming. And so Hertz has got to stay protected. Remember, you know, it wasn't too too long ago in the Sugar Bowl that Hertz got benched for Tua because they wanted somebody who could throw the ball. Remember that? I mean, they wanted somebody to throw the ball. Tua was the quarterback who could throw it, not Hertz. Now, I think he went to Oklahoma, and he really improved in that area. And I think he played really well. But for me, I think it's a lot of it's going to be, can he withstand the pressure? Can his eye level stay up? And is he going to be able to make those anticipatory throws that I didn't see him make that often in college? You know, uh, flipping over to the Steelers, you know, we saw the season they had last year. We've seen injuries. We see them kind of getting up there in age in certain respects. What are we expecting out of them? And is they kind of are they kind of going in the wrong direction right now? Or can they really salvage this next season? I'm sorry, I, you broke up. I didn't hear what team you were talking about. Oh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sorry. Okay. You know, for me, Pittsburgh is really going to be a challenge. I don't know how they're going to do this, right? It's a, their, their offseason was, was filtered with a lot of, you know, decisions that they had to get under the cap, and it was challenging. I mean, this the COVID year really affected Phil, uh, Pittsburgh. 
And then let's start with Roethlisberger. They go 10-0. and He's really not playing at a high level. You know, I love it when they go on television and they can't wait to put the next-gen stats that the ball gets out of Big Ben's hand in 1.3 seconds, the fastest in anybody in the NFL. The problem is nobody's ready to catch the pass. No one's ready to catch it. You know, the receivers haven't even turned. He gets the ball. It's like a hot potato in his hand. And his yards per attempt, if you look over the last six or seven games of the season, with the exception of the Colt game where he made some plays in the fourth quarter, he didn't throw the ball down the field. And last year was with an offensive line that was a little bit better than the one this year they're going to put on. So I think there's a lot of challenges. But Najee Harris will give them a running game. You know, they took a lot of crap from the analytical people for taking a running back in the first round. But I think Kevin Colbert did the right thing. I think he took the best player. Forget the analytics. Take a guy that can really help your team. Because if you're going to take a position that may help analytics but he's no good, how how smart is that? So I do think that. But losing Bud Dupree, I think Highsmith won't be ready to be the rusher that they need. You know, they've signed Melvin Ingram, which is more indication that they don't think Highsmith can rush off the edge to go along with T.J. Watt. So we'll see what Ingram can bring to the table. But for me, I think this is a year where Pittsburgh was declining last year, and I'd be surprised if they spiked back up. Odyssey NFL insider Mike Lombardi with us here on BeckQL Daily on the BeckQL Network. Uh, Mike, it, it wouldn't be uh, an interview as our listeners are waiting to figure out what to do with Packers over-unders uh, and other teams that Aaron Rodgers might end up on with their over-unders if we didn't ask you what you think is going to happen here. Aaron Rodgers set to, I, I assume, report for training camp? Maybe not, though. Uh, and how do you think this plays out? How do you think the Rodgers-Packers situation plays out? We got the story yesterday he turned down a contract extension that would have tied him to Green Bay for a, a little bit longer. Well, I mean, Bob McGinn reported that about three months ago. That, that to me, wasn't news. Bob McGinn of The Athletic reported that. Everybody's known they tried to give him more money. He won't take it. You know, and, and I think that that's, you know, that's, that's part of his dossier towards this. And I think it's part of his stance to believe that he's not going to. But the rules are set up. As much as the worldwide leader doesn't want you to know what the rules are, the rules are set up that the player can't just demand a trade. I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers has two two real decisions to make. He either wants to retire or he'll continue playing for the Packers. I don't think the Packers want to trade their legendary quarterback at this point, coming off an MVP season, especially when they offer to make him the highest-paid player in football. You know, I don't believe they want to do that. And I think if they allow a player to manipulate his way out through the media, then it just opens up Pandora's box for someone else. So I, I think they just sit there and say, Aaron, if you don't want to play here, then – you know, file your retirement papers and go on with it. Now, they've already called one of his bluffs. He could have easily gotten out of repaying his bonus by saying, I'm willing to miss the season because I'm going to take the COVID bump. He didn't do that. So, obviously, he wants to play football. He wants to play football. And if he wants to play football, then he's going to play football for the Packers or he's not going to play. So, based on all that right there, what you just said right there, it's either this or that. Do we see him at camp and do we see him for week one? I, I would be shocked if we didn't see him for week one. I would be also shocked if we saw him at the beginning of camp. You know, why would you turn down a, a bump to go up in money if you're not going to report? I mean, you got to have to toe, toe a little bit of a line. We're playing a game of chicken here now. Packers have all the cards, right? How do they have all the cards? Well, because every time he misses camp, he gets he gets fined. Every time he misses a game, he has to start paying the Packers back signing bonus money. So they have the leverage. Mike, yesterday, big injury in the NFL before camp even started. Cam Akers, running back for the Los Angeles Rams, goes down. He really came on at the end of last year. Looked like he was going to be the bell cow for McVay and, and a, a team with a new quarterback with Stafford this year, a, a Super Bowl contender in the NFC. How big of a deal do you think the Cam Akers um, loss is for the Rams? 
Well, I, I think, look, the Rams are a team that has no depth. They have zero depth. And, and I think any time they lose a really good player, it's going to affect their team. And you're not going to find a running back of the quality of Cam Akers available right now in the open market. And it's almost comical that, that people would mention Todd Gurley going back. The reason they got rid of Todd Gurley is because he doesn't have any juice left in his lower body. I mean, Todd Gurley at one time was one of the best players in the NFL. He averaged over 10 yards per reception. But that was then, and this is now, and he can't do that any longer. I think the Rams will try to find a way to improve their team through what they currently have and look at the waiver wire. But this is one of the areas that it concerns you if you're a Rams backer on their over number and on their Super Bowl odds because, you know, if they don't stay healthy, if let's say Andrew Whitworth, their left tackle, doesn't stay healthy, they've got real problems at left tackle. If a, they lose any offensive lineman, it's going to affect Matthew Stafford and their passing game. You know, uh, to kind of go back over to quarterbacks a little bit, Josh Allen is my pick for this next season's MVP. But my question for you is, how do you know when a quarterback truly has turned that corner from a guy who is a prospect to actually being that guy? How do you how do you really tell that he has finally made it to that elite level? Well, he wins. I mean, it's all about winning, isn't it? I mean, quarterbacks determine the outcome of the game. That's why they're the highest paid players on the field. They don't make mistakes. They don't do things that cost their team to lose a game. They make plays at the most critical time. I mean, think about think about Peyton Manning playing a game in Baltimore, cold weather. You know, the Super Bowl season, it's third and five. If they punt the ball back to Baltimore, you know, Baltimore's going to score and win the game. And, you know, Dallas Clark is double teamed and Manning throws the ball in the only spot that Clark can catch it away from the double team, and they get the first down and win the game. That's great quarterbacking. That's great players. That's what great players do. Sometimes we don't notice the the routine play that's made that often is the hardest play to make. And I think that's what you're going to see. Can Josh Allen continue to duplicate that? Look, last year Beasley had 82 catches for them. And a lot of those catches were the running game catches. They were they were at long handoffs. And he improved his accuracy much different than I thought he would ever do. I never thought he would be accurate enough as a quarterback. I thought he would be wild high. I thought he'd be the wild thing in, in, in major league, but he improved. Now he's got to continue to improve. And as the level of competition increases, we'll see how that goes. Mike, last one for you a little bit less than a minute to go. I know you're a big Sixers fan and we watched the Bucks win the NBA title last night. The Bucks uh, improved. They got better. They got over the hump. I, I don't have much faith. The Sixers with this crew can do the same. Do you? No, not, not, not because it requires mental toughness. It requires mental tough. Look at, look at Giannis mentally tough. Just listen to what he said. I wrote about this for the daily coach. I mean, just his whole ability to bury his ego. We have two star players, one that won't shoot one that won't get in shape and neither of them are mentally tough. You tell me how they're going to win. Yeah, I don't see it. And it's a great point on Giannis. He's mentally tough, physically tough. He's, He's everything, unfortunately, the stars in Philadelphia have not shown to be in their NBA careers. Mike, always appreciate you hopping on. we got NFL season coming up, and we're excited to talk to you and have you on the show. That was Odyssey NFL insider Michael Lombardi. Insider calls presented by BetQL. BetQL is here to help us all make better bets through real, proven analytics. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. You can also hear Michael on the GM Shuffle, his weekly podcast, available on the Odyssey app on the other side. It's time for a little nickel or dime here. Which way are we going? Joe Giglio, Cody Decker, BetQL Daily on the BetQL Network.